This episode is brought to you by Bloat Games. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. If you're looking for games that combine the classic RPG feel with the light, concise rule set of today's indie games in a variety of genres, you gotta check out Bloat Games. Their Survive This Rules take a cue from the old school games of yore and combine them with a stripped down but easy to understand mechanic that plays fast and fun, giving you an exciting, thrilling game session every time. Whether it's fighting off zombies, swinging a great axe and slinging spells in dark, dangerous, creature-filled forests, riding your 10-speed bike through monster-infested suburbs, or keeping the city streets safe from superpowered menaces, the Survive This System is the one that'll keep your players coming back to the table. Check out these great RPGs, in addition to card games and other fantastic things they offer, at blokegames.squarespace.com or at drivethroughrpg.com. Bloke Games. The worlds are fiction, but the fun is real. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here, hope you're all doing well We've got kind of a yucky Oklahoma day out there, in the middle, middle of winter, beginning of December Oh, it's about 40s out there and it's cold So here I am in the warmth of my house, which everybody probably is anyway during the COVID and all that Anyway, I'm wondering... What was it like being, it's funny because I kind of lived through most of this. I get the feeling being a nerd, a gamer nerd back in the 80s, 70s, 80s was different than today. Mainly because D&D is is more accepted. I mean, you know, satanic panic aside, it's just, I'm just wondering what, the how shall I say this? What did the guys who did play role-playing games think of themselves back then? I mean, yeah, there was a, it was a different time and all that kind of stuff. But I'm reading some of the older material again. First thing I did was thumb through. I'm thumbing through the DMG for first edition AD and D, and the first thing Gary talks about is dice and dice probabilities. And my first question is why. I mean, this is the kind of thing that would discourage me from role-playing. In fact, it did a little bit, because I thought that you needed to know this stuff to be a, a, a dungeon master or a game master. And guess what? You don't. But, you know, it's interesting that it's in here, but he goes on a little bit into too much detail, almost like a mathematician. And I don't see any... I mean, yeah, there could be some practical use, but on the whole, on a day-to-day thing, I don't see any use for it when I'm running a game, you know? And I thumb through this, and he talks about bell curves and linear curves, saying one die will give you a linear curve, and more than one die... It's like one die of any kind will give you a linear curve, but take 3D6, that will give you a bell curve. I can understand now why games like Champions would want to use 3D6, because it is a bell curve favored toward the middle, maybe a, probably the upper part of the middle. So, 
you know, probabilities are all well and good, but I just don't see much application in my day-to-day game master life. And that's pretty much what I'm trying to say. It's, it's just one of those things back then that he felt that they needed that for some reason. I mean, that and it was this kind of thing plus things like travelers, all the traveler people, all the traveler gamers sitting around talking about how big and bad their starships are and what kind of hull is it and what load and all this other stuff that just... I mean, I'll be honest with you. I came real close to not getting involved in role-playing. I did. Because of stuff like that. And... But I gave it another shot. I gave... I got into D&D and Gamma World when I first... People may have heard this story before, but I got into D&D and Gamma World when I was... Of that age, I was about 22, 23. I think I was about 23 when I first started playing. So I was a late, I was a late bloomer. I was late to the party on this. So it it puts me around 1980. So around 1980, I started gaming, and by 1981, I was not gaming, but I still had my friends who did game. But it's just the, the all they want to do is this all this the gal who ran and for some reason we only had one GM, and she wanted to play Gamma World all the time. It never occurred to us to learn how to GM. In fact, GMing back then this kind of thing looks intimidating. I can understand why in the later editions they make it try and make it easier for people. I mean, fifth edition went went the the limit on trying to get people to say to say okay, look, it's easy. And also, there, you know, it's it's not as hard to GM as you think. And also, there's a lot of YouTube videos and blog articles and all that kind of stuff that make it easier. So, you know, I just don't understand what we thought of ourselves back then. I mean, I know this is closer to its roots, as in it's closer to closer to the wargaming roots, which made me think that when Gary wrote first edition AD&D, he was still, I mean, he probably was still wargaming, but I mean, he was still in that mindset of wargaming. I mean, yeah, he had he had John Eric Holmes do the Holmes D&D and all that, which was supposed to be an intro to this, but it's like, you get, say, the Holmes box set, and you play the first three levels, and nothing nothing beyond that came out for D&D, and the book pushes you towards a D&D. Well, <laughs> once you, you know, you play your three levels and decide, okay, I'm going to go get the a D&D stuff, and then you open up something like the Dungeon Master's Guide, and you get hit with a ton of bricks, all of a sudden, it's like Gary says, okay, you're ready for the hardcore stuff. And let me hear you with dice probabilities and all these other probabilities and tables and, and you know, things, things that are quantified that don't need to be quantified. And to me, I got the idea, like, when you're playing, you know, Holmes D&D or even BX, you got a lot of leeway. You do. It's, that's the whole point of the OSR. GM's got a lot of leeway in these games, and it took a long time for 
for pe- for the word to get down because it's almost like the people who made D&D were very very protective of it from Gary on down and it's almost like you had to go through a ritual you know they talk they talk about gatekeeping now which that could have been a form of gatekeeping because it's like they only let in people. It's almost like you, you can only play D&D if you're ready for D&D. Well, when are you ready for D&D? Well, we say you're ready for D&D. It doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. I, I Even then, even back then, I wouldn't have bought that. I wouldn't have bought that line of thinking. But, uh, you know, I look through this stuff and he quantifies everything. And it's almost like he, he, it sucks the it sucks the it can suck the life out of homes. I'm used to it. I've been playing for a long time, so I can crack open this DMG and go, "Okay, that's Gary talking. That's something I don't need. I can make a decision on that." But I got the feeling that he expected people every time some situation came up to crack the book at the table, and and look at it. It just doesn't work that way. That's why I'm thinking that. You know, this fandom, this nerddom is was was quite a bit different than nowadays, 80s nerddom. I mean, they get all the other pressures, like people looking down on you and satanic panic and all that other stuff. But as far as like within the community, within the fandom, within the whatever you want to call it, it just felt like there was gatekeeping. And Gary looked like he was at the forefront at one point, which I'm sorry to say. Because you know, I I I think the guy I I love the guy, and he was he was a genius. I mean, g- genius to a certain extent. Genius with you know, he was still human and all that. But you know, but I love the, the here's the thing. I love the wealth of information in here, and you can get an but you can get an easier read if you get Osric, because they rearranged it and took out all the high Gagaxian, because it tends to it tends to loop around in circles or rather Gary takes three sentences to make a point where one would suffice type of thing but you know how that is so you know there's that I I just wanted to get that off my chest and you know but things I guess things are better now anyway I gotta go start my day so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go start my day and if you want to talk to me about this or anything else oldmangrognar at gmail.com or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor we're monetized so as little as 99 cents a month you too can help support this program program, and I would thank you thanks again to Jonathan Oliver Gilbert Juan Carlos Daniel Dan Benjamin Jason John Allen and Michael thanks guys and don't forget to listen to Dan Gregg's Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognar podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albert podcast, and Big John Allen Larger's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.